This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Ford and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, buddy! Welcome to this life podcast. Bob's, Here we are. Bob's in a very uh, what festive singing. I just spent the weekend with Elvis, so I'm in a childlike state. And, and to be fair, this was supposed to be your mental health day, and we dragged you in. Yeah, yeah. I it's appreciate fun. you coming because this fun. is this is part of my mental health. Just sitting, and spending time with you. Yeah, this is fun. And. I, some of these just people. getting here. That's hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lisa Stroman. Dr. Lisa Stroman is a psychologist. She is the brains behind technology wellness center.com. She's also an attorney. And Bob, you're going to like talking to her. She has a ton of experience on many fronts. Well, that's so weird that you. So, technology with psychology, right? Yeah. Correct. But, but mostly, remember like the thing overused. I told you I saw at the rehab center the other day, and you were like, well, this is a longer conversation. Well, probably has something to do it's with a do- this. It's like It looks like a robot, but it's a doctor oh, that yeah. does H and P's. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look at both of you. Come on. No. Yeah. The, the robots are. are <laughs> Ways of people. No, a doctor's on the TV. No, no. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> you might get some really open answers on it on if it's robotic and not a person. Oh, no. They get to be by themselves with it. That's what I've been saying because usually like a tech or somebody's there with them. I said, no, put it in a room and let them really tell the truth. Bob, Lisa's thing is with overuse, yeah. addiction to, to technology. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what's doing to kids and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're... Oh, I see it. Tell me. Elvis and... and... What is it? Singing monsters. It's like heroin. Absolutely. She asked a question. Why don't you ask it to Bob? Bring this thing up closer to you. So my question, what I was talking about was whether or not you have issue or like a chemical or some sort of reaction that occurs when you have a little brain that's given exposure to something that can be potentially addictive and does it prime them later to be a more addictive as as they become she, adults. She, she asked. That's a different question. Okay. I let, but she, she, I'll, I'll address that in a second. Yeah. She asked. She's noticed that kids with the genetic potential for addiction, mm-hmm. when they get off into the technology, are really bad later on. Are How there, does that are happen? Are there any children that don't get into technology? <laughs> <laughs> there are a few. There yeah, are some but that, that would that, be such a small minority of the population at this point. In terms of regulating and balance and keeping some limits on, I mean, that's what I do now. Is mm-hmm. I go and tell parents the more that they have it when they're younger, you're going to see problems later on. So we've got a lot of kids that are getting a, a potentially identified as Asperger or some sort of spectrum issue because of their addiction with the technology Ugh. at two, because of three, an four. Because they socialize, can't Ugh. correct. They cannot eye connect contact. in kindergarten. Oh my god! Yeah, right. but why? Do, why would you think that addicts would have might have an extra special time with this? Because it sends you into nowhere. 
but a zone what is of special nothing. about what is special about addicts that they would use that so what if they use that they just will use it to excess but the thing i find interesting is addicts and addicts and addicts and addicts doesn't matter whether you limit them no no i understand you know what i mean you're looking at the behavior it doesn't teach them delayed gratification it just makes them can't fucking wait till they can do it again Mm -hmm. which defeats the purpose of trying to integrate other things into their lives because my son is that he's five and he loves this thing called singing monsters which i find relatively harmless but it is that so, you know, that Soma look in his eyes when he's looking at the screen, right? Mm-hmm. So we tried it. We went on a hike this morning, climbing up in the hills. Even doing that, all he wants to do is get back to that. Correct. Right. You know, so, this, this right here, it's so interesting. Remember my answer? Yes. This spot. That's addiction. That is addiction. But this spot right. is why I have to work with Bob behind me kicking me or Sasha or somebody <laughs> punching me. Because the addict will put the using ahead of everything. Right. Which is just they just want to get high, and I'll always go. Well, why do they want to get high? Why are they so disconnected? Blah blah blah. And I said, you know, they're if they get disconnected, they you know they're not properly attuned. They're not in the frame with their parents. They're not attached. That they're they have a, another system at their disposal that's very effective, which mm-hmm. is their attic system, and off it goes. And then they just leave the frame of, of attunement. Does that make yeah. sense? And while you're in a really good frame with him, it just happened this morning. We're climbing a tree, we're up in the hills, we're all there. He's still, every five or seven minutes, referring back to the game. Oof. Right? Right. So that's an addict, that's how an addict thinks of things. But I, I can get really existential about this shit. There is nothing to do in America, so I guess it fits the American culture. Duh. We are eating ourselves to death, we are inactive, there is no, no real... Uh, middle class anymore i see it with all the addicts at my sober living all they do is sit and watch youtube like zombies so it fits the american culture so how do you feel about the addiction centers that are specifically now doing and charging thirty thousand forty thousand a month for just well i heard about it 20 years ago they were doing it for internet addiction i know they were doing it for everquest the original game that people were playing internationally um, it's like w- World, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, see, addiction to me is you can't function in society. Society has become so easy to function in as a zombie <laughs> that the the bar is much lower. So so these things that were really disturbing 20, 25, 30 years ago where kids were isolated and alone and socially awkward, that's the way the culture is now. It's, my, it's all Facebook I'm, and YouTube. That's all it is. I mean, I'm not talking about 10 or 20 or 30%. I'm talking about the masses are just spending how many hours a day glued to a screen, either their phone, a computer. I, I think we all heard Average s- 11 hours a day. Oh. 11 hours 11 a hours day. 11 hours a day if you're junior high, high school level. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, how is that? Bad. How's that for the millennials? How right. are the 20-somethings doing? They spend their whole day at work I'm feeling on really computer, good about my kids right then now. They go they just home, escaped. Then they go home and go on their social media. Wait, Susan's well, in. I'm on 24 hours a day. Susan <laughs> <laughs> well, Pitsky yeah. is on every waking minute. Internet addict. <laughs> and, and she, I'll tell you the thing, she can't, she can't shift her focus, which is frustrating for family members. Because when she's focused on that, we literally be going, Susan, Susan, mom, 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 mom. And she can't shift. 
It's like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Why would you interrupt me? You can't, you yeah. can't disconnect. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had that brain. We need to be, get closer to the earth. That's why my move to Claremont. God, I five heard, acres I heard Werner, Werner Herzog making this exact same <laughs> argument this week. We just got chickens. <laughs> really? We, we just really? Got, I got baby chicks for my kids and they take it's care of them It's hard to get day. me away from the NBA TV though. <laughs> oh. I gotta admit that. <laughs> such a fucking addict. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wanna, but I'm really more concerned about America as a culture. That it, it really, go to a Starbucks. And look at what goes on. There are 19 people sitting in a, a thing. No one's talking. I just walked down the street in New York City and there was a 20-something-year-old trying to say hi to the crowd. And of course, I'm so excited to be in New York and I'm unplugging because that's what I, my thing is. And I, of course, say hi to him. And then I realized when I walked past him, is it mental illness or is he doing like a social experiment? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure. And everybody's like, you shouldn't really talk to strangers in New York. But Where'd you, Where but, did you go? What did you stay? What were you doing there? Uh, I went there, met with the Dr. Oz folks, and um, met with uh, Sold Out O'Brien's folks who were doing some stuff. So, some good stuff. You doing the website, the stuff with Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz, yes. We should yes, do the show. Yes, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he likes the, it. He li- I did a whole dark web thing with him. He liked that. Yeah. He likes that stuff. His producers like that stuff. So, so. if we yeah. take, but let's, it, listen, technology has got to be top of the list of addictions in America. Well, <laughs> well compulsions. Compulsions. Yeah. Escapism, yes. Escaping reality and responsibility in your own life. Yeah. Top of the list. Second would be food. Mm. Yeah, but but opiates are way down. uh, They're way down the list when you look at American culture. But but Bob's always always uh, championing or, or chanting the fact that he does these twenty somethings and they they can't find meaning. They can't find purpose anywhere. I have a lot of college age students, same thing. They're dropping out of school. They're getting kicked out They're because they're spending too much time disconnected, not going to class, not showing up anymore. And they really have lost their way. So I, would, I see it too. I would imagine these treatment centers that charge all that money for, for what is a month of treatment, $30,000 for a month. Mm-hmm. Those are really psychiatric hospitals, aren't they? There's some, there's there's the one that's in Pennsylvania that's a hospital. Yeah. It's actually a detox for internet addiction. Well, they, they, I, I, I talked to them once. They're actually treating psychiatric illness. That, that's what but, they see themselves as. Okay. This is a symptom. They're dealing with the depressed, uh, autistic spectrum kinds of kids. That's, it seemed to be what they were dealing with. Got it. Or, or thought disorder and that kind of stuff. Think about how strange our culture is. And so, oh, just I, one second. So, yeah. so for a month of psychiatric care, that's not way out if it's really a full-service hospital. So the folks up in... Uh, Washington State have one that's really just in the woods, go out and hike, go spend time. But again, it's once you leave, you go back and you have to still figure out how to balance. So well, that's what people used to, to do. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm telling you, Werner Herzog people, goes nuts on this. He used to walk. He used to walk all over Europe. He yeah. walked the Alps. And he would just talk about well, how he used the, to ride bikes and do things. And now kids don't do that. Elvis got a bike out in front of the house and said, do you want to ride your bike? He's like, no. He's, I think he's been on it like ten times in his life. So you know, because you have to wear yeah. a helmet for one thing. What about, dare you. what about? What about? Yeah, so uncool. See, yeah, I don't want to see your son with a head bashing. They get used to it. Trust me. I know it just looks weird. My kids won't ice skate without their helmet on. Ooh, I've, right. So they do look weird because they've got their bike helmets on as they're ice skating. But you know what I'm saying? I think that when I live, I lived in Joshua cool Tree for a helmet. while. And I get them an ice hockey helmet. I know for they do. Sake. They do. I was getting out. 
Like after we did the TV show or about the last two seasons of the TV show, I could make enough money just working part time and doing the TV show to live in Joshua Tree, disconnected, no, no internet, no cell phone reception. Nice. People treat you like there's something wrong with you if they don't hear from you for two or three days. If they, if you, if we don't hear from people back immediately from a text or an email or a phone call in two or three minutes or an hour. There's either they hate us or what the fuck or they don't want to talk to us anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes I wouldn't even get it. And then I'd come down the hill into Yucca Valley and all these. And then you could read the text like, hey, dude, what's happening? Do you want to go see blah, blah, blah? And I hadn't gotten back to the person. Then it's like two hours later. Where are you, dude? (laughs) <laughs> two right. hours later listen fuck you <laughs> <laughs> right. you can see their meltdown as it happens <laughs> that's our society yeah. so Lisa was an attorney before she's like a recovered attorney yes. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah before she became a psychologist and became a psychologist why well I went to a JD PhD program and did it at the same time so to be fair I was both and I hadn't done my hours my clinical residency hours and I left law when I lost my stepdad and so it was one of those moments where I was like this is not making me happy. I don't fight. What kind of law were you doing? I did health law, defending doctors, uh, working for a health insurance company was our biggest client. And then I did, I worked as, on the mergers and acquisition team as an associate and just basically did uh, intel on the people that are on, that were in the meeting. Mm. It's kind of interesting. Like psychological intel. Behaviorally. Yeah. Mm. You just look at them and see. And so I would give feedback on what was motivating them and things like that. Crazy. And then that, that became empty. You know, I was working 16 hours a day, to, you know, didn't have kids at the time, and I could see that I could be really successful, and I could be this junior partner, and then I could go into the partnership, and all the women that were on that track were 40 and 45 and hadn't had kids, were having to do infertility, and I thought, God, I just don't, I want a life, I want a family. So Where do you live at? I live in Cave Creek, Arizona now, near oh, Scottsdale. Wow. wow. Yeah. Off the grid a little bit. I Off the grid. I wasn't expecting that she lived in West Hollywood. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you just tell? By the way, <laughs> no. But, by the by the conversation. But she has a dramatic story about her brother. Yeah, is it dramatic? Yes, it's dramatic. <laughs> traumatic or dramatic both. or both? But I, I get traumatized when I hear it. Oh, oh you want me to just tell you what this? happened to him? Well, he passed away in December. So he just, he had... How mo- old? I don't know, should I start at the end? And start at the, go back? start at the beginning. So my brother and I are 18 months apart. We grew up in Northern California. My dad was a bureau chief for the Department of Justice. So very black and white, LAPD before. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom was uh, just stayed at home, no, hadn't gone to school or anything. When you just describe it, I just hear abusive. Sorry, but that's what with I with my dad. Yeah. Oh, at so my dad very, actually was not least, not not emotionally available. Okay, right, fair enough, fair right. Enough. That would be fair that enough. would be fair. Yeah. Brother had been identified as kind of the favorite, and so um, all attention. The, right, wanted him to follow in his footsteps. Right, right, and so grand, So then, um, parent. My parents got divorced when I was five, and and that was actually pretty traumatic because. I was a little kid and I walked uh, out. I had a bad dream. I used to have night terrors and I walked out and they were screaming and yelling and he was pulling her down the hallway, which I thought was by her hair. He later claimed it was her arm. Um, And then I ran away because I was scared. And then I heard them again and I saw her punch him in the hallway and he fell. My dad was 6'3". My mom's like my height, maybe 5'6 or something she was. So he fell to the ground. I climbed out a window and climbed over and found her. 
Um, probably both both uh, alcoholics. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. And Shocking. Then, and then you went what on the street? So no. So I cl- cl- climbed out the window and crawled, and she had gone next door to my neighbor. Uh, and at the time, I was four and a half, and oh he God. was uh, my neighbor. I didn't know it at the time, child psychologist. And so uh, the next day, I had spent the night with my mom at the, our neighbor's house, and I wrote on a piece of paper, how do you spell divorce? And that's like where it, kind of the beginning of where things kind of went bad with Four. the family. The but family. just the family, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, good and bad came how out of it. How did the split happen? Boy to dad, girl to da- mom? No, we stayed together. Dad, again, bureau chief, friends with judges, things like that. So dad got custody, custody. in 1978 wow. of both kids. That's a small town. That Everybody knows each other. Yeah. 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 Uh, and um, grandma, uh, my dad's mom, who I am so blessed, moved in with us and stayed with us for 12 years. And I, I do honestly feel dad's like Dad's mom. Dad's mom moved oh, in with, with your, us. I see. With the dad um, to raise the kids. Yeah. Right. But right. brother didn't turn out. Did not as, turn out so well. Quite as evolved. Correct. Um, so he went to prison. Oh, wait, hold on. He has been in prison many times. <laughs> yeah, he did go. I've heard this story before. Yeah. So he, I think I was twelve, maybe the first time. So I in the house, my maiden name was Drake, and my dad had a mirror in the kitchen that was glass with a mallard and um, had a. You know, it said Drake across it, and he was snorting coke on it. And I just got so upset, and I just said to him, I said, I, I hope your nose starts bleeding. He was <laughs> that thir- was the worst thing I could he say. He was 13. 14. 14. So I was like, yeah, because he's 18 months older. So. so he's already going in. Yeah. So, yeah. So I saw, I've never tried a drug. I mean, just to be mm-hmm. fair, because I was afraid, I, you know, I saw everything that happened with him. Um, but yeah, like, grew up with really difficult situation with that situation my dad in total denial always are you know never knew it until we had a childhood friend that came over and said you know bobby's probably doing drugs he was he had gone at this friend um who's older a couple years older came back from the navy and he walked right into my brother's room went put the first jacket he reached into and pulled out a pipe and my dad was devastated mm. he just had no Meth idea pipe or coke no, pipe co- or uh, co- p- uh pot, pot. marijuana mm. yeah well that's nothing compared to what he was probably doing right yeah. so it yeah. unravels so it goes bad 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 yes. the usual want me to prognosticate what yeah, happens sure. oh you won't think of this one <laughs> this, give him a chance now, that, now that you say something like that then i gotta think okay the box. we gotta take a break while bob <laughs> thinks about this we'll be right back <laughs> All right, we're, we're back. back. Back with this live podcast. I've and Lisa's time got, to think about Lisa's it. Lisa's got this quite a life. It's not going to end ama- well. I mean, you're a survivor. I don't know if you're aware of that, right? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Because mm-hmm. I think she minimized... Oh, well, you, go mm-hmm. ahead, finish the story. Well, I think you call me disconnected, disassociated. Well, when you told me about this, I was like, ah! I fucking crashed my car. Oh, no. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I've heard different... I'll, I'll give you different versions of this that I've seen. Nope, you're going to predict where this one goes. No, I'm, I'm going to give you something. All right. Um, father kills son. Oh, yeah. Oh. We had that. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember that. That could have happened here. Yeah. I bet you. you my father did say that, um, so my mom now, ended This up, is not yeah. to disparage your dad. It's no, how no, no, desperate no. it got. No, but it. my dad, um, my mother was, my dad was married eight times. Ooh, ooh. So when my mom, the whole situation when they got divorced, my dad said to me, I had pulled up into outside the driveway and I was waiting for her to come home with Jerry, this guy that 
whoever she apparently was hooking up with at the time. And he said, had she come home, I probably would have killed him. I probably would have killed them both. And I thought, well, that would have been a very different life. Mm. But yeah. they didn't come home. So. No, but usually it's a, it, what you have is uh, black-white thinking meeting a drug-taking, oppositionally defiant machine, and sometimes that can escalate yeah. into violence. Right, right, mm. right. So what happened so to his brother? He doesn't stop because he can't stop. Not right. only just because of the biology and addiction, but because of your dad. He can't stop. They're f- the, he... You know, I've seen this before, very close to home, where one son ends up the military admiral or the, sure. the police chief, yeah. and one ends up in prison. Mm. The, John, Bruce Springsteen wrote a whole album about yeah. it, right? No, it's it typical. tends to go one way or the other. It goes one yeah. way or the other yeah. with a dad like that for a son. Yeah. So this, but tell, tell me this, where did this go? So other than prison and horrible, you know, drug addicted stuff, some other things happen. Well, begging and robbing and stealing, I would imagine. Was he robbing regularly? Did he steal you from you guys? I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Motor vehicle accident. And he gets in a, a wheelchair. He gets disabled. Go ahead. Lisa. That happened to the Leonard Skinner guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he had, uh, you know, taken something. I think he had a couple beers at a bar, laid down his Harley, um, he had gotten a bike, he had a motorcycle, one of the, you know, the fast ones, I don't know, street, whatever they call them, the Suzuki's or whatever. Becomes a biker. He got in a car, he got in a motorcycle accident. Um, he survived that, walked away from it. And I walked into the hospital. I had flown home from graduate school and I said, you can have a bike, another bike, or you can have your sister. I said, but I won't, ha- I won't give you both. Because mm-hmm. I, I was, at that point, I was in grad school already. What? Boundaries Here's were better in place. There's an interesting thing to me. Why even go to the hospital? So this is you know what for, I mean? Yeah. Because we always say it's for us, but we're going on there. We got to quit our shit and go fly to them. Well, but to be fair. I just, I just don't talk I, to people I, like that. But, but to yeah. be fair, she Whether was learning brother, how to set sister, limits and needed to do yeah. that. And I know. It's something stuff. about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, uh, nothing. Yeah. No. I'm just Parents do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they want to know this, that, or the other. I'm like, who cares? Why? Okay. So They're, you try to you know set a limit. Mean? What happens? Yeah. So I set a limit. He didn't get another bike for another eight years. He gets the Harley. He lays it out by himself without another car, and he his back goes into a wood um, post, and he has a T3, T10, incomplete um, yeah. uh, spinal cord injury. So now so he's... Now Leonard Skinner put it in a song called Oak Tree, You're In My Way. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Bragging about it. The guy, Alan Collins, the guitar player, went drove into an oak tree and was paralyzed from the waist down. So he's paralyzed yeah. from the mid-chest down, right? Oh, my right. God. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so half of it. Lower like chest. A, yeah. Lower chest down. And uh, now come the doctors. Oh, yeah. Pills mm-hmm. and methadone. So he had already been on pills before that. So he's got uh, dependence issues, obviously, mm-hmm. from that. But he's got now unlimited supply. Correct. Who's going to take care of him? I hope not you. Did you take care of him? So, uh, <laughs> well, so I was in grad school. So, um, so actually, was I done? Actually, I was done with grad school at that time. Um, so my mom leaves Arizona, which is where we were living. She was she had a house in Arizona. She immediately flies back, um, rents a house and starts to do care and then I start doing respite care so I fly in once a month and give her a week off um, but they are completely enabling each other stealing meds from each other I mean it was just crazy not so a better move them home 
so he was so i i had put him in an apartment so i had set it up um original you know so i'm i'm the person i don't know what my role is my family's maker you're gonna fix everything yeah try to fix everything so he was independent in a in a uh, apartment uh he had help coming in he had all of this stuff that he needed we got him a fifteen thousand dollar stem bike so his muscles would stay strong and what your husband say during all this god bless him he is an amazing man he just um, was willing to support whatever you needed. To, yeah. Needed so again, to. this is um, pre-kid. So by the way, I got pregnant with my daughter, uh, who's my oldest. So she's eight now. Um, so I was pregnant with her the day that he threw a fan at me in the apartment. I was pregnant, and that was the last time that I went back, and you know, by myself, and did any of that kind of care mm-hmm. stuff. So again, I you know got had gotten better by that time, but. Um, but he, he ends up, when I'm depressed, I'm going to take five Lexapro. And when I can't sleep, I'm going to take 10 Ambien. Um, so he, he blows out his own kidneys by not cathing. Um, he, has, he has to self-catheterize. Yeah. He, gets, yeah. he gets renal stasis yeah. and he gets renal failure. Yeah. So, and so now, re- he's on, now he's on dialysis. Victim, well, let, let's do Blum's thing now. Victim, victim, victim. No, I know. Stop. Yeah. Using, yeah. using, using, using. Yeah. Using, yeah. using, uh, Victim, victim, Manipulating, victim. manipulating, manipulating. <laughs> yeah. Vicious, vicious. So I'm sure when he vicious got the what? kidney infections, he would complain what a victim he is. No? Just, you know, it's, you know, uh, my... Uh, I always try to look at the optimism and things, but I, I have to believe that the head trauma that he must have sustained, he was un, he was unconscious in a coma for over 30 days. Mm. Um, they nearly, they were going to take out a segment of his skull to relieve pressure. But sure. that, you know, the piercing of that frontal lobe, like there was, he became, he was always very intolerable and we had, you know, I mean, I think I've shared with you some of the stuff when we, when we were younger, but at well, this t- point. Do you want to talk about that? Because that is relevant yeah. to where this goes. So, so as a, as a young, as a, ch- oh, I'm trying to think, how old was I? Probably nine, yeah, probably nine years old. Start sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. So he'd start coming in and at night and then threatening. You know, I'm going to hurt grandma. I'm going to. So she was the only person that I had at I, that I, time. My breath t- gets taken away when she tells the story. Yeah. So, uh, and then you and she ends up. You end up taking care of him. So I end up. Yeah. In the end, um, my dad disowns him. And uh, after he's paralyzed, it, while he's in the hospital paralyzed, my dad says in a group meeting, which my mom was in at that time, um, he says, I think we should just let him die. And I thought, wow. You know, I mean, that's just, yeah, you know, as a kid, and I just, wow. Um, but then, you know, he doesn't die, and he makes it through. He's paralyzed. My dad is involved in that. My brother calls him a thief and a liar when my dad's, trying to, you know, spend down some of his assets um, because of the, you know, the need for Medicare and all that stuff in the Medi-Cal. And then my dad just says, I'm done and walks away. And so that left my mom and I at the Uh, time to take, uh, you know, to manage it. Crazily not an unhealthy move. I I agree. My dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was having AFib. He was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I. I mean, you got to protect yourself at a certain point. I'm not saying. Here's here's the thing where the string is attached. Let him die. I'm just not going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. From the very from the very first accident, I'm not going so, to the hospital. So take us to the last chapter. So and that and you're thought of to be callous and you don't no. care about you're not your family. A, you're member. not codependent enough. I, you can't even tell me so that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm a codependent man. You can't, it's like this is like you reminding me about how addicts just want to use. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm you, it's not even on the table what you're what you're describing. So 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 where does give us the final chapter? It ends up. So final chapter dialysis. Then is uh, he has uh, testicular cancer. Chemo nearly kills him. He's um, we've given last rites five times. <laughs> 
the last time he was on a ventilator, he was doing um, selfies and texting me that the nurses were <laughs> like irritating him. I was like, he's cognitive. Like, he, why does he have a ventilator? But his body was so sick in the end. Yeah. Um, liver failure because he couldn't get septic. off the pain. Recurrent sepsis. Oh, he had stuff. five times he was septic. Yeah, septic. And um, but the so then they said the pain pills are causing your liver to fail. So he really tries to go off of them, but can't in the end. Um, That's too late. And then ultimately we. At the end, I said, what do you want to do? And he said, I'm ready for, to, for hospice. And so we planned a big party and we invited most of our friends are from like when we were six and seven. Everybody shows up that he wants there. He wants my dad there. I invite him. My dad says, day late, dollar short. I'm not going. So that's that made a little me, rough. So that made, uh, that, that, I was really should have gone. He should have gone. Your dad yeah. made Ooh, a there you Finally, something got through to you on that. Yeah. That hurt you. Oh, I was devastated. Yeah. And he's and my father even said to me, he said, look, he's like, are you crying? And I was like, well, yeah, it's pretty upsetting. This is the one thing that he wants. And uh, he said, look, if you want me there, I'll be there for you. And I thought, I, I don't really need you. Like, I've got my husband. I've got my friends. Yeah. I've got, you know. So it was, that was rough. And I felt bad for my brother. And we had, we got to talk about it right before he died. And I wrote this thing to him. And we processed a lot of stuff, so. She told me that story, and she tells it even now with a little bit of a smile on her face. And it was that I could hear that in the voice when she was talking. Was I'm like, I'm like, oh, are you taking care of yourself? Now are you okay? I know there's like a disconnect from it, yeah, happening early on the tide of the yeah, feeling. Early on, but here, here's my thing is because uh, I was raised by wolves, and yeah, most uh, of them are dead, and you know the sex, <laughs> and the, oh my god. So, <laughs> so what I had to do when I got sober, which was what, what, is, what are you referring to? This is a new new piece there. What is that? The Just wolf? well, when she said the my mom's been married five times. Yeah, was there yeah. sexual abuse or? I was sexually abused oh, I as a kid. I don't yeah. think I knew that. Where, uh, where, as a neighborhood kid. Yeah, it was a status quo. Another kid. But I remember but you didn't. You have a story of looking over the fence at the swingers and stuff. No. And oh yeah, that's <laughs> when I, that's when I was uh, like eleven Teenage, or twelve, okay. thirteen. But um, no, but but what happened in my life was I felt like you're supposed to build a life, have your friends, your life. And then your family is just this wonderful place you get to go for Christmas or or support or Does whatever. That <laughs> well, that's that's for what, your kids. I think that's I think that's what most people do. Okay, stop. You know there what for I mean? Sec. Stop. We got to a quick break. Be right back. And we're back. Yes, we are. It's this life. And Lisa has quite a life. Quite a this life. And she's having you're having trouble realizing why it's so breathtaking because you were in it and you were in it for so long. Right. I just think that once you're when you're in it, you do what's right. You know, my mom got really sick because you know she was caring him for him, and so I cared looks, for if her. If you hadn't been a psych, if you hadn't become a psychologist and really paid careful attention, I, I don't understand how you could have survived this without making some becoming mentally ill. I mean, it's just right. no way, right? Yeah, it suck you in. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. hurt or harmed or something. So I'm more interested in... To, so, so, see, I think it's more amazing that she was a lawyer and switched and became a psychologist than any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because you've survived because all this stuff, too. Because that's about <laughs> so. her. That's interesting to me. This is about your brother, really, and mm-hmm. your dysfunctional family. And how do we... St- how do we navigate those waters? And you didn't navigate them so well in the beginning, but then you learned, right? right? Well, I right. but the being having to be the caretaker for the perpetrator troubled me. Yeah, that's frightening. That's that 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 has that has got to stir you on a level 
that I, I, were you there trying to be issues? good in your mind were you trying to be good 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 just the most amazing tolerant loving human being on earth nobody else would step up to be honest well, i mean that was fault. the part that's his right problem. i mean because he wasn't a great person he was super charismatic and he was outgoing he was handsome they all always things. are but when yeah, <laughs> yeah when the right. shit hit the van nobody was there and so you know the family would come but they would come for a day or something like that and it was you know, I, I did draw the line at his at the rehab for uh, the spinal cord, in, cord injury. They got to bowel care, and I said, look, that's where I, I'm not going to learn that. I'll learn how to put him in and out of a car. I'll learn how to break down the wheelchair, but I'm not going to do that. So, um, But nobody else really did it. So my there mom was there. Medicare for that. Older. Yeah, yeah. Well, hope, what, once well, he got his assets drawn down, yeah. but he wouldn't sit still for that. Well, you know, it's but. interesting. You don't, you don't qualify for that for 18 months. After even mm. par- even when even, you're in poverty, even when you're in poverty and you, it's clearly that it's not going to be a temporary. Well, they must be disability. going somewhere. Where, ever, where are they then? Uh, this, the the cat the, the, the county the net the catchment net. Yeah, it, it just it just gets pieced. Home. No, it just gets sort of pieced together various ways. Did you ever think about being a social worker? No, no, because a lot <laughs> of this stuff is social work. She's stuff. social. Yeah. Yeah. She, she social yeah. worked her family. You're too, you're too interested in the real, more the deeper <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah, right. Well, the the deeper stuff is the sexual abuse and the and the black white thinking. Your dad's a trauma survivor, no doubt. He he. So what, somehow, so, so how did you deal with the trauma? Your your therapy. So I think I did do some therapy. Some therapy. But not a lot. I, I, yeah. I think huh. that I, you know, I think my grandmother saved me. She, I, honestly, at 13, my dad made a really uh, ignorant comment to me. I was walking my dog and actually I was 12 because I wasn't even a teenager yet. But I was walking my dog with Mark Buffalo. Can I say names? Yeah. Maybe, okay. Um, and he was a wrestler in in um, this, in our the school or whatever. And I hadn't gone to high school yet. He was ahead of me. He was black, and when I used to walk my dog, we had this, you know, the same path. And I said, I walked in one day, and my dad was outside, and he said hi, and he was fine with it. And then I walked inside, and he said, uh, "It's fine that you walk your dog with with that kid, but you're never gonna you you're never gonna date him." And I was so upset, and I went into my grandmother's room, and I started crying. And I didn't even at that time, I obviously like a lot had been going on with my brother, and I, I zero interest in like boys in that manner. Um, and I told my grandmother, I asked her if I could divorce my parents. I said, cause he's, he's a racist. And so she drove me to the library and I looked up emancipation. She didn't, she didn't help me. She said, you can talk to the librarian and I figured it out and I drew up the papers and then my dad very quickly sent me back to my mom. So. Wow. Yeah. That's I more traumatizing very, than any that we've heard so far. And I had to beg him to come back with his last wife. Um, God, I hope I can't. I'm not going to give him the link to this website. Your dad's still alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Life. This is terrible. His dad can't, can't yeah. listen to this. Yeah. I'm out of body just hearing this whole thing. Yeah. So he, That's but the I harshest thing right there. Back. The 12, yeah. 13. Oh, Getting yeah. thrown away for standing up for yourself and and uh. no, I would argue yeah. that she might have turned it around right there because that was really coming to her own aid and having right. having an adult be there for her attuning the grandma. Mm-hmm. But what and happens? She became in a your, lawyer. You know but what, I mean? what She's, happens in her to be a family. child? So the JDPHD in fairness was to be a child advocate. See. But they pay about seven dollars an hour. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. But that's but that's where that's where it started. Is boom right there. I mean, I can I can advocate. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a weird way, I feel like maybe that advocacy stuff. And you mentioned it's the grandmother that Let's really. Let's dig tuned. a little deeper. Hold, 
Well, hold on, hold on. Let me give her some strokes here, which is that that advocacy thing may have been the, what you survived with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of the giving back and the coming to your own aid and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So all the nonprofit work that I've done and yeah, everything yeah. that I, you know, all of those things that I've set up. Is I just really don't lovely. understand how you smile your way through that stuff, though. I don't, you know, I don't know if that, maybe that's protective. It's because, you know, if I, if I fall apart, I fall apart. So I have to be really careful about that. Is your that. life really, really, really good? Like amazing. Now it's good? really good. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that- I married, well, I married my first boyfriend uh, his family's very stable, Catholic parents, and I Catholics. have had him. Yeah, Gosh. you taught this him. Is what you said? <laughs> no, I just so I, when I when we got married, I was not Catholic. My grandmother took me to a different church every six months. She wanted me to have an eclectic version of oh. religion. I mean, she was an amazing woman, this a writer. Mo- my grandma, mom? Mm-hmm. mom's mom, dad's mom, dad's mom, the amazing woman. Yes, who raised me? Yeah. And in the end, she lived to ninety nine. <gasps> Uh, and so in the end, she uh, she would call me her daughter, which is probably more accurate yeah. because she probably recalled that and was kind of at that point a little bit beyond herself. But I just, you know, for me, like that's the part that I think that the resilience and all of that was probably from her and those lessons that I got from her. Okay. But I wanted to dig deep. It's always another let's, person. Let's up. get into If you don't have another human that you can get in the frame uh, with. You have it's to have Im- that connection. It's impossible. It's just, well, it's what it, about your dad? So I, by the way, I'm backing away from my horror now. <laughs> okay. Knowing you had that. I did. That, yeah. That, yeah. Like I, I, was, like I, I had my it. grandfather. She had her grandmother. Yeah. 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 My dad, I've considered my grandfather, my father. Dude, I need a, I need a white erase board. Dry erase board. To hang on to No, to figure out who's who in his family. A person only needs that person. He's got a Sister, mom, and, and dad, them, grandpa, yeah, grandpa, yeah. mom. It's, it's, <laughs> right. just, hey, oh, it's, it's all that. confusing. It oh is confusing. It was the you know early 60s. <laughs> but your dad is more interesting to me because if he was raised by that mom. That, isn't that interesting? I thought of that too. What was his dad like? Horrible. And she survived that. And she that's what she gave to, to Lisa. You, Who survived that? The, your grandma. So my grandmother was divorced from my grandfather yeah. after 25 years. And he remarried, who then was my grandma Helen, who I was born into, because that's who he was always married to. My grandfather lived in Hawaii, so I saw him maybe three times in my life, but pen-palled him, and my father and he had no relationship. Okay, so why is that? Right. So and a, then that explains well, an your family yeah. and and your brother. He was an alcoholic, So for um, sure. A lot of addiction. So my yeah. my brother and my <laughs> sure. my brother or my dad's brother was asthmatic, very sick child, oh. and got a ton of attention. So my dad was kind of sent to the farm and with his aunts, and and was really neg- neglected. Mm. And um, and then my my grandfather uh, would, you know, give my grandmother the check, you know, that he would make. He worked for Artie Shaw. He's a very interesting story. My grandfather. Uh, Artie Shaw was I, a monster. I know. He would. He do, was he an was evil like road, monster. Oh, he was a road manager for him oh, or something. Artie Shaw is one of the worst human beings who ever lived. Well, maybe that explains my it. friend. One of my good friends, his son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. So that's on his deathbed says to his only son, you're not getting a fucking dime. Not a fucking dime. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, it was Horrible. only kid. Wow. How rad is that? <laughs> <laughs> that like that's all they had to talk about. That's crazy. So yeah. Well, that yeah. So that's why. So you here's know. the deal. My, I I am glad Lisa. Trauma, was, trauma, trauma. Right. Obfuscation, obfuscation. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm so Codependency, grateful addiction. that Lisa is willing to share the story. And yeah. That, and that this because this is a this is about survival and how to do it and this how is about life. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think it it made me. I mean, how we met is I just 
I think that you should be part of the addiction conversation with technology, you know, and I just went up to you and said, hey, this is what I need. This is who I am. So I learned that very early on because if I didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. And in fact, it would be hurtful. So very passionate, very strong. So if I need something, I figure out a way to do it. Do anything, Bob? She can figure it out for you. Well, <laughs> so. it, well, I'm interested in this technology addiction because well, that's what I want to know. When is it becomes so entrenched in our society, more so technology, more entrenched in our society than even drugs themselves. And I think this this society is soaked in drugs, a tsunami of drugs. Right? There's five pills for every problem you've got. We, we're five percent of the world's population. Take fifty percent of the world's drugs. Half of all drugs consumed in the world, ninety percent of the oral opiates, are consumed in the United States. So, but I think we're even more addicted to technology. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's acceptable. It's an acceptable addiction that people can go into. And my, I'm writing on uh, my new book is on technology, the gateway drug, the mm-hmm. new gateway drug, because I really believe that technology is giving porn a better window. It's giving gambling a stronger. Hold so hold. process restriction. Yeah. So and 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 earlier when I when I walked into guess how kids learn how to shoot up online, online of absolutely of course, that's how they order drugs. I mean that's yeah, how they get list. into oh, all yeah. of these things. So um, and don't even get me into like how they're paying for it without their parents knowing because like Bitcoin and how easy that is to get a hold of. It, it's a new world that it has to shift back because if we continue at this pace we are going to lose an entire generation. It's my we opinion to just an, an, I mean, it's just, it's going to be really bad for what we're going to try to have as a support for them because it's, we're going to get overwhelmed very quickly. Have you heard of the summit? No. This technology, these entrepreneurs and millennials get together up in Montana. I'm going to that this June. Are they going to be problem solving around this stuff? or They all disconnect and it's all about the power that, Silicon Valley influences like no other industry has ever. Oh, maybe, absolutely. maybe Henry Ford, and then now technology. Well, Lisa, I, I guarantee you, we'll look into it. If it looks interesting, she'll see you there. <laughs> I know, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's a it's It'd be a, really interesting. W- it's exactly what you said. How do we have a, a successful, thriving society given what's now the genie is out of the bottle? It can't be self-sustaining because the problem is is when you connect at that level and you get absorbed into it, they're not going to be functional beings to make money. I live with and them. To, they're already to, not. Right. So, that, you know, one of the things is when you go into an addiction center, most of them still have their, their technology. Yep. They still have access to their book and they have technology to get access to the people that they but need you, to get well, technology. Interestingly, addiction so, treatment, they don't get that. Because oh, that's, that's often how they act it out. And they have to clean up all their technology. You might Unscrub you should, it. Yeah, yeah, you should look at it. Addiction treatment has been on the front of all this. Because obviously porn is the big thing. Right. The big drug. The big crack pipe right there. So they they always put their technology in their, what's called their inner circle. You know, they do a right. circle plan. And uh, the inner circle is like your phone, your computer, your you know the magazines, whatever. And they have to sit with somebody and scrub it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they'll even have to like get a lie detector test and things to really to to really. But that's the extreme continuum. I'm talking about most uh, anyone we know has this escapist aversion to technology. You do it right here, what, Drew. What? what? We're ha- we're having on- a conversation, and you'll check your phone. Yeah. She noticed that I have two phones. I mm-hmm. have two phones sitting right here, and I have no right? phone on me. <laughs> huh. 
I have tech free Tuesdays. <laughs> like we don't even turn tech. We, you know, we go out and we go out into the yard and we play with the chickens and I have the tech free like, Tuesdays. Tech-free I like Tuesday. that. That's what we do. I, I want to keep Lisa across the next podcast because I, yeah, I yeah. we got so into her story that I want her to give a chance to talk about more about the technology stuff too. What, sure. Before we wrap up, what do you want people to know? I think that they should know that there's a solution that they can have balanced use. You don't have to do. How do you abstinence. know if you're in trouble? Given given that it's not abstinence based, preoccupation. Treatment. You can't turn it off. That's and everybody. That's everybody. <laughs> the first okay. thing you think of when you wake up, you know, that's it's everybody. Next to your bed at night. That's everybody. Right. That's everybody I know. <laughs> Okay, so everyone's <laughs> fucked. I, I, I <laughs> no, I'm saying... I keep mine in the bathroom it's, now and keep it across the room, but it's What I'm saying is... Yeah. Is that morning. why you do that? So we keep it in there? Yeah, I don't want it right in my face. I want to be able to sleep. And, oh, thank you. I mean, God. that's the only time that I don't have it next to me is when I sleep. So I get a bunch of pages and then I so what should Susan jump do out of bed and go, okay. No. Well, so that's, so that's, 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 so I don't have out of bed every that's time. That's a but. perfect example because I always say to people, before you put your feet on the ground, you need to do a deep breath you need to be grateful for your day. You start out that, and then you can get up and then start your day. And if you need to go to your emails, but you do that. Thing. I want to do that, but I have so many obligations via those two things. People's life depend on me answering right. those two okay. things. So you can still the, get up and give a gratitude prayer. Or yeah, no, but you know what, what I'm yeah, saying is that I I think that. How did how did people get a hold of each other before? I can't even remember a time when these didn't exist. And I'm pointing it's at weird. myself. Tell me some pagers. It reminds me. Talk about. Remember talk about. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a uh, of the automobile. Like, how do people get? A, well, how did that work before the automobile? How we do it? It's very similar. Very similar kind of thing. I remember when I was a kid. I go, what was like, or before movies, or before you know what I mean? Before telephones. It, and it, this each is a technological jump. This one just happens to play in our brain in a very intense way. And it does, and we accept it. We accept that we have to be connected at all times instead of like rotating it off. Why can't somebody else? I get that you've got people under you, but why can't somebody else be in charge on Sunday or Saturday because you have Elvis for the weekend? Yeah, like yeah. that's an important time. Like somebody else should be able to be your junior Bob, like so that you get some time it's off. It's really hard. Some of these, some of these uh, disciplines. Cases. Well, some of these clinical settings are so. Uh, clinician dependent mm-hmm. that they want you they want only you they want you all the time and I understand how you get sucked into that I, I used to practice medicine that way and once you're in you're in you know it's not, you can't then set a boundary because well, they become enraged they become libelous I mean uh, they want to sue it's, it's really very do you dicey know territory that if you and, and by the way things do go wrong and you feel terrible right. you really want to stay on top of it well, I will tell you when my 8 year old said to me I said, hold on just a second. And I was on the phone and she said, is that text message more important than me, mom? That was my moment. Mm-hmm. Because it was an example to me. I knew. It's not neither. I'm it's not, not black and white. You're I've, manipulating. I've, I've said that to Susan. Well, she's super smart. My <laughs> teen years. I've said that to Susan a couple times. She oh, went, my this God. This is more important. This is more important. Sorry. Why do you even ask? <laughs> you should know <laughs> that's more important. The universe now. <laughs> but, um, but. No, I'm I'm really interested in how how the whole thing plays out. And and I really do think like having come from a family with extreme addiction, I'm very conscious about that and I talk to my kids about it and I say this is what our family is, this is what the issues are and this is why we create boundaries. So if you start out ahead of time, I think and that's why I go into a lot of elementary schools because I think by the time you get to high school or junior high it's way too late. We were talking about bullying, we were talking about addiction, we were talking about behavioral issues. In, in high schools and she goes well it's too late and I go yeah it's age 8 it's really the cutoff, isn't it 
maybe 10? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we had a nine, nine and 10 year olds at our school in our elementary school that were doing Instagram photos of cutting themselves. Then we got, they got five yeah. kids to follow them. They're nine. Yeah. I mean, that's terrifying. Cutting is huge, Drew. It's back with a vengeance in the inner city. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm more concerned about the porn and the sexualization at an early age. And, you know, it's the, yeah, we, uh, young kids can get their hands on it very easily. So. Yeah, when you get, well, you, you and I yeah. often talk about the male female stuff, right? You know what it's done for women is just it's terrible. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that the um, you know men have an uh, opinion of what women look like, how they act from their, these porn videos that they're watching, and then that doesn't even take into consideration the three D stuff that's coming. Oh, the virtual reality, the virtual coming. reality that's virtual coming. coming. These the people they can't get off it. They have a roller coaster of it. No, it I actually, know they. But wait, the Drew, didn't you going, want your son to get into that business? I, not in the porn virtual reality. <laughs> in the porn. <laughs> more money yeah probably but the porn <laughs> virtual reality they, they come out and they think they've had an experience with a human wow yeah right There's all this well a lot of their hu- human experiences feel like a right. 3d video yeah, oh the haptic there's haptic technologies mm-hmm. that actually are like things that that actually they're not through. having relationships no i live with these people they are not having relationships and they don't know how to connect to have the relationships and so when the women the show up line. yeah so the women show up and they're wearing <laughs> cute outfits and cute dresses the guys look at them and they say oh that looks like somebody who isn't my porn I'll video what, I'll tell you so what I'm going to treat her the same way she's so a, that's the problem she's now. a cool she's a cool chick yeah that's what they say she's cool and they have no understanding uh, oh we're so so say somebody's 22 right now they've grown up with all technology right when did it when did it start being so heavy because i was ago? on drugs so i didn't really pay attention <laughs> no really got six <laughs> maybe eight ten years ago really 10, got bad. Yeah, yeah about 10 15 years yeah, yeah. about 10 years ago yeah but like our really kids started. were well educated and they were like too busy and they were in sports and stuff like that i mean but to, but to be sports fair, is, sports is our only hope. Music. Elvis plays baseball, but, but and listen. I think that's the only three hours that he's away from some sort of right. g- created nonsense. But Susan, I think we just missed it. We just missed being a real child because they used to go on E-Bombs World and MySpace, and we were having to police all that, remember? And if had it been really evocative, it Yeah, but I think you and I were more addicted to it than they were. <laughs> MySpace? Remember Pauline made fun of you? She says, Dad's like a little girl texting all the time when, that, when you got the... <laughs> When they, they were talk doing about. PR for the HLN show, what? she made fun of you because you were always on your cell phone texting. But you never found out because she was yeah, doing I mean, it they virtually. Were, they, I think at school they were teaching them. They were trying to educate them and say, listen, I, I'm a, I was a latecomer to texting. I still don't like texting. No, but we used to use talkabouts at work. Yeah, no, I used to use beepers and things like that. Yeah, no, hey, but the thing, you could send yeah. like one sentence. Yeah. But Remember you know what? That? I've always worked in technology. I've been, I was a travel agent. I have had a million jobs at once. I had kids going in every direction. And I've got to <laughs> tell you, I like the texting. Yeah, no, it's faster. I get more no, done. And she's good at, you're good at commanding technology. Though. I you've live all, in you've always technology. Been, yeah. And you know what? You're not taking it away because then I'll have nothing to do. <laughs> I mean, I can go lay by the pool, sure, all day and drink Budweiser. Sure, what the hell? I'll just go have a good day, you know, or go jogging or whatever. But I I don't, I can't do that. I think and, you've triggered something, Lisa. There's yeah, a little aggression yeah. coming back here. I'd well, like what's to, that all about? I'd like to just chill all day. I'm just going to check my phone for a <laughs> second. Susan, <laughs> Susan, like, Susan needs like, to do text-free Tuesdays. I no, think. yeah, I yeah. need a text-free Tuesday. I, think I mean, we, sometimes I'll put it down for a while. I feel like me. we've criticized something sacred. We haven't even been critical. We're just sort of. Well, or, you know, I kind of. Was I'm ordering something at IKEA right now. A Twitter account because I was in connection with other people other than just being here in 
a mom and raising kids and we'll give the alternative I mean, point of view fine yeah i mean because we, we, right. we see all the trouble you right know? and i and i but that's not social media i understand communications communication and, yeah. and texting certainly helps and i run a business Succinct. you know and i've been running you know yeah. a corporation and then the corporate home life and then you know now we're, everything's new and we have new ideas and it's just nice to be able to communicate so quickly like I used to have to get a page and then I'd have to run home to my computer and then I'd have to get on the computer to book somebody's travel you know I'd be at the market and I'd have you know and and I used the telephone a lot and my shoulders were always killing me <laughs> from holding that stupid telephone but wait a minute so so I'm glad you're saying this because because the reality is it isn't going away texting is Number better two, than talking on the phone I don't I just I don't Disagree. like it but but be that as it may the the well, I still like to talk on the phone yeah too. it's not going away it's it it has it is a, a good thing at certain levels but like with every good thing it has a very deep downside and the downsides that we all get exposed to all the time and I and I wouldn't we all agree that probably the worst thing is the lack of relating the emptiness well, of and also emotion. maybe not not well, paying attention to your studies or your work because you're on Facebook, you know, and that's, you that's and the belief I'm, that you can multitask. Because I think you're right that texting is more efficient. Yes. I don't think it's interpersonally doesn't connect people the way. Mm-hmm. And the statistics show that people generate about six newspapers worth of data a day. Wow. It, I mean, consume. Sorry, and they they com- they actually create two newspapers worth a day. That's how efficient we are. So, and our brains weren't made for that. And I, you know, but I like it because I get to read more, and I, I'm more connected with with what's going on in the world through print. And I don't have a lot of time to sit around and read a book. Okay, I was raising triplets, and I was driving, you know, carpool, and it's just for me. It's it's a way for me to but, stimulate but, my brain. But imagine you're an 18 year old girl now, or not 20 year old girl, and the guys are all coming at you with real specific. You know, no, no. This is the other thing you, you were saying. You said the solution is somewhere, maybe education and sports. But but the other thing is, sports. Wi- women are got to solve this problem because women have a have a deeper f- instinct and facility with relatedness, and so they've got to stand up and go. No, but no, we're I, all I, people that grew up the, without it. But and now on. there's a generation that grew up in t- saturated in it, and they can't function in interpersonal relationships. Yes, that's what we're saying. Right, right? and they don't. So just be happy that we didn't grow up in it. Yeah, there's no dating anymore. It's we, just you we want to chill. To, here's you want to what hang it is. Out. We have to all be Lisa's grandmother to the generation yes. coming up. Yes. Literally. That. They but, want. They but, want. Balance is key. Definitely. Yeah, but imagine you're a 20-year-old girl and that's all coming at you. Yeah. It'd be rough, right? Yeah. So. God, that right. would have been impossible. But they want it. The young people want to learn how to talk. They've t- Hundreds of them have told me. Of course they do. Like, I want to be able to talk like you do. And I was like, it's, it's well, really interesting. I mean, the twenty something text all day. Yeah, the twenty somethings text, and they don't do any video conferencing. And my teenagers now, this generation that's coming up, they can't be disconnected off of like Skype, FaceTime. So while they're doing their homework, they're looking at each oh, other. Our kids used these to these, these two, three or four yeah, of them at once. Yeah, which is better. Yeah, that was we better. Can, they can see each, each other. All right, episode. we're gonna keep Lisa. We got many more to talk to her about. We're gonna uh, do another podcast soon enough. Bob, thank you as always. This fun. This life. We can talk about sexting or something. Be sure to click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com and at thislifepodcast.com. We need your support. It doesn't cost you a thing, but it helps uh, keep winning the sale of this podcast so we can keep it going. 
what else we got? Rocky Mountain uh, Treatment Center. Please yeah. check that out. Support those guys. I'm they not have, sure if we're. We got a huge, huge project together. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Six months. you know, find Bob ask, at Ask Bob Forest on Twitter if you want to ask him anything and if you need his help, and he's always available. And again, Lisa oh, Stroman, yeah. S T R O H M A N at Dr. Lisa Stroman, right? D R Lisa okay. Stroman is the Twitter handle, and the website is technologywellnesscenter.com where you can find experts and answers for the questions that you have. There you go. See you next time. You could have been someone else Somewhere else You should have been with someone else Somewhere I walk the forest It's right here before us Your hand and my hand Led me inside You can play me like an instrument But you wouldn't like how I play